Xavier Henderson just hit the transfer portal this weekend, but I don't think it's going to be too difficult for the Florida Gators to replace him. We'll talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free, wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my radio work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And yeah, I, I think probably the biggest news for the Florida Gators this weekend, obviously you lost Antoine Powell Ryland to the transfer portal, who we could talk about another day. But the bigger story was actually losing a starter that was a starter last year and was going to be a starter this year in Xavier Henderson. And uh, here's a couple things with this. I don't want this to sound like a knock on Xavier Henderson or like I'm bashing him. But here's why I'm not concerned about losing him. In 2022... He was used as the motion man, the orbit man, the the bubble screen, or just the screen, uh, the swing pass man. Clearly not his strength. There are better players on roster for that. So if Billy Napier was like, you know what, in 2022, we're going to use Hendo the same way. Now you don't do that because you've got better options anyway. The expectation that I had, and probably many others had, for 2023 was... Xavier Henderson is going to be playing more of a typical X receiver role, which Xavier Henderson's never been awesome at contested catch opportunities. Granted, he'd never really had many opportunities, but from those opportunities, he never really showed that he could do it consistently or do it great. We, we could say, and so that's not a knock on him, but what I am getting to is that you're replacing a receiver who in 2022 was in a straight up bad role for him or was going to be playing a role in 2023 that he was pretty unproven in. So that that's why I'm not super stressed because you're either losing someone who was misused and was not going to be as effective in their role as another player on the team, or you're losing someone who is in an unproven role, which like it, it could be anything. You know, the, the box could be anything. Why take Xavier Henderson at X? The box could be anything. The box could be Xavier Henderson at X. So that that's kind of that logic there of like, well, you're either, you're losing a guy who was misused or was maybe going to be misused, maybe found his right role, but either way, it's an unproven. And I think we know how I feel about unprovens at least where I'm like, look, like I can't put too much stock in projection. Just can't do it. Um, here's another thing though, because I know that this was like the talking point for Florida Gators fans when Xavier Henderson uh, hit, hit the portal that Twitter was just like, Caleb Douglas, Andy Jean, just so good. You know, bada bing, bada boom. That's what they're doing. Um, and that's just not the case, you know, like, yeah, Caleb Douglas, I am a big fan of. I've been talking about payday since before he got to Gainesville. Big fan of Caleb Douglas. Andy Jean, of course. 
demolished the entire spring. However, you will not catch me buying stock in Caleb Douglas and Andy Jean were so good that they were cutting into Xavier Henderson's playing time significantly. You will not find me buying into that because probably hogwash. And here's the thing. The reason I think that is because all spring, this entire spring practice session, all spring ball, the thing that we kept hearing from the players, the coaching staff, other media, Xavier Henderson looks really good. Xavier Henderson is a dog this spring. Xavier Henderson had three touchdowns in the second scrimmage. All we ever heard about this spring was Xavier Henderson is going off. Even if I know that people are like, oh, well, the the three touchdowns in the spring in the uh, second scrimmage were on screens. Do you think I give a damn how you score a touchdown? If you're scoring touchdowns, you're scoring touchdowns. I don't care how you're doing it. And here's the thing. Even if he was doing them on on, uh, screens, that shows that he was being way more dynamic than he was last year. So I really don't care the reasoning. He's, he was scoring three touchdowns in the spring. He was going off in, in spring practice. He looked way more fluid as a mover than he's ever looked. It was all positive stuff. You expect me to take positive stuff about Xavier Henderson, positive stuff about your starter, and you expect me to buy into, yeah, he just he lost his playing time to Caleb Douglas and Andy Jean, even though the starting spot opposite Xavier Henderson is pretty open. Um, hmm. You really think I'm going to buy into that one? I, I don't do it. I don't do it. Um, I may be a fool, but I'm no dummy. Um, I am, but yes. Uh, I, also, I'm going to say I don't fully understand Xavier Henderson's motive behind leaving. Maybe he just, you know, was like, Grant Mertz ain't it for me which is possible that he said that, uh, as in it's possible he said that, not it's possible, comma, he said that. Um, no, I'm saying it, it's possible he said that. It's possible that what I heard and what I buy mostly was that he wanted to be in an offense that's going to be more pass-happy. Because you also have to understand, when Xavier Henderson committed to the Florida Gators, he thought he'd be playing under Dan Mullen, which obviously was going to be a great passing offense. So... He thought he'd be playing under Dan Mullen. So maybe he's like, hey, man, 2022, we ran the ball a lot. I thought we'd throw more in 2023, and I think we're going to run more in 2023. So I'm out. I know that the favorites, Miami right now, I know he's also been contacted by South Florida, Louisville, uh, Pittsburgh has contacted him because apparently Taquan Underwood just loves Florida receivers. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, losing Xavier Henderson sucks. He's the most catches on the team last year, third in receiving yards, second in receiving touchdowns. However, 40% of those 50 catches came behind the line of scrimmage. So I'm not really going to get all torn up about, again, losing a guy who was either misused in 2022 and was going to be misused in 2023 or was misused in 2022 and was going to be unproven at, at a new role in 2023. So I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to rip my hair out over something like that. Cause that's just silly. You know, we, we've been spending so much time talking about 
uh, these great receivers are coming in. All right, prove it then, because now you have to. So that, that's where I'm at now, and I'm excited to see that. We'll talk about how Florida can replace Xavier Henderson. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Let me tell you, NBA playoffs, MLB start to the season has been nothing short of insanely profitable. And I've been doing it all on FanDuel. I'm loading the app right now so that I can I can tell you what I did yesterday. Because yesterday was a great day. I know that I had Darren Fox three threes. I had Anthony Edwards uh, 30 points. You know what pissed me off yesterday? I had Jamal Murray three threes, Michael Porter two threes, and Anthony Edwards two threes. And I initially had Jamal Murray two threes, uh, Michael Porter two threes, and Ant three threes. And I was like, you know what? Jamal Murray's going to have three threes instead, and Ant's going to have two. And so I flipped it. But Ant had three threes, and Jamal Murray shot two for seven from three. So I'm pretty pissed about that. But Francisco Lindor hit a double. That was great for me. Trey Young had, uh, I think he finished with 50 points plus assists, but I bet over 34 and a half. So obviously that cashed. It was great. I've been having a blast. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And also, thank you for liking, subscribing, commenting, reviewing. Uh, joining the Lockdown Gators Discord, which we, by the way, the link is in the description, and we've been talking about Xavier Henderson in there since the news hit. So um, they've heard some of my thoughts, but I tried to save most of it for the show. But when you're talking about replacing Xavier Henderson, I know that everybody goes, oh, Caleb Douglas and Andy Jean. Um, here's the thing. I go Caleb Douglas, Marcus Burke. Because if you're looking for your more, again, let's work under the assumption that in 2023, Xavier Henderson was supposed to play more of your stereotypical X receiver where like you just have to be tall, you have to be fast, and you have to be able to make contested catches. I think Caleb Douglas is clearly your guy, right? Like I, I think Caleb Douglas is clearly your receiver that you're talking about here. And here's the thing also where... I don't want to look too much into it, but I will say that when we were talking about um, the Florida Pro Day earlier this month and like Ricky Pearsall was not one of the receivers out there, I know that there were some receivers that had, there were some uh, Gators that had like lift and practice sessions and maybe Ricky Pearsall was doing that. However, Caleb Douglas was out there. Caleb Douglas looked pretty good out there. And, I mean, I think Anthony Richardson allowing Caleb Douglas to be out there when he didn't have to have receivers that were currently on the team out there, I think that that should make you feel pretty good about how Anthony Richardson felt about Caleb Douglas. You know what else should make you feel good about how uh, about Caleb Douglas? His film from last year. You watched him in the Eastern Washington game. You watched him in... It was Texas A&M was his next touchdown. Like, like you watch Caleb Douglas last year, and it's like, oh, he's kind of really good, um, at least as, an, as that X receiver role. He can get vertical. He knows how to stack defensive backs. He can get vertical. He can stretch the field. He can win those contested catches. We saw him win, I want to say, at least two last year. Um, and I think that when you look at someone who's a sophomore and you go, okay, your ceiling is, like, that high. Um you should be pretty confident in that. So if you're looking at a more stereotypical X receiver, I think Caleb Douglas is the guy that you look at. Um, if you're looking at 
Marcus Burke, who's the next guy. I think you look at Marcus Burke if you look at someone who is more similar to Xavier Henderson. I think you're looking at Marcus Burke if you're looking at how Xavier Henderson was used in 2022. If you're like, if Billy Napier is like, hey, I need a tallish receiver that is fast and I want to waste him running these motions and orbit screens and all that stuff, then Marcus Burke should be that guy because he's, I think, similarly fast, uh, similar speed, we'll say, to Xavier Henderson. And also, like, I, I realize that I've seen so many people on Twitter, so many Gators fans on Twitter about, oh, well, but this, this guy's faster than Xavier Henderson either. I need you to understand this. In 2022, Xavier Henderson was the 10th fastest player uh, in in uh, college football, all of college football, 10th fastest player in all of college football. He hit 21.3 miles per hour. He was zooming. I think you know which play it was. It was the Georgia touchdown, but 21.3 miles per hour. This is not easily replaceable speed. Xavier Henderson didn't look that fast because he's a long strider, but Xavier Henderson is fast. So Marcus Berg is also fast. He's also big. And if you're going to use a big receiver in that orbit type of role, that motion type of role, then it should be Marcus Burke and not Caleb Douglas. I think that when you're looking at, you know, who's the better receiver between Caleb Douglas and Marcus Burke, Marcus Burke made that insane catch in the spring game. Marcus Burke had a better spring game. But I think based on the film in game last year, I think Caleb Douglas was better. But again, I think it's like so close. I think it's, I think you really just, because here's the thing. You could also start them both. Like you could start Caleb Douglas on one side. You could start Marcus Burke on the other and you have Ricky Pearsall in the slot. And you can, you can do that. And those can be your three receivers that you start there. If that's what you want to do, if you're Billy Napier. But I think if you're going, Hey, we need to decide between Caleb Douglas or Marcus Burke, they're both going to play one of them is going to be our starter, then I think that really comes down to stylistically, which receiver do you want? Do you want the more prototypical? Like, do you want more of a Justin Shorter type in Caleb Douglas, or do you want more of a Xavier Henderson type in Marcus Burke? So I think that's kind of where it comes down to where I, 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 don't tr- I truly don't think one is better than the other. I think Caleb Douglas has a higher ceiling. I a lot of that's just because he's he's so young and he looked good last year. But I truly think that if you're just looking at these two receivers and you're like, okay, one of these guys has to start, then you just pick whichever one has a better skill set for what you're going to ask of them. Because I don't, I think that if you're like, oh well, we're gonna pick the better receiver, I think you're gonna be chasing your tail the entire day. And it's not to say they're elite, but I think that they're both pretty good. And yeah, I I think that it's just stylistic differences. I don't think there's much of a talent difference there. To wrap up today's show, we are going to talk about the less likely replacements for Xavier Henderson. And again, I know the the first tweets were Caleb Douglas and Andy Jean. I get it. Um, But Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell, Eugene Wilson III, the three true freshman receivers. Eugene Wilson III is not on campus yet, but he's going to be. He's going to be a summer enrollee. None of them are stereotypical X receivers. They're just not, and that's fine. However, I'm also looking at this as 
what if this is one of the changes that Billy Napier is going to make to his offense in 2023 or beyond 2023? Once, once he gets truly his full roster in place, and I'm not saying, like, oh, Billy needs to get his roster. I'm just saying once he gets, like, everybody that's, like, a Billy Napier add-on and there's no more, like, oh, this, like, Mullen brought this kid in, um, which, again, is not me saying anything negative about the Mullen kids that are still here. It's me saying that, once Billy is the one that actually went through the evaluation and recruitment of these players, maybe it'll be different, but I would like to see this program kind of steer away from, again, not, not saying that you can't have X receivers on your team, but kind of steering away from, we need a starting X receiver on the field and they need to be that stereotypical or proto or prototypical, uh, X receiver. Like they need to be the kind of guys that are six three, run four four six, uh can can win those jump balls every single time. That's great to have that, but those guys are also usually stiff as a board. So I think that instead, and I think that you can kind of see it in the 2023 recruiting class with Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell, and Eugene Wilson the third where you kind of look at those three and you go, okay, well, those are your three starting receivers for 2025 or 2024 even, where you go, you've got Andy Jean would probably be your most likely one that's going to start at like the the X type role, but even then he's on X receiver and you've got Aiden Mizell is going to be on the boundary on the other side and you got Eugene Wilson the third is probably going to be in the slot where I think that you kind of see Billy Napier and even in the 2022 class, when you look at who he brought in, because obviously, yes, you have uh, Payday Douglas, who is awesome. By the way, I, I was a big fan of him coming out. I will continue to be a big fan of his. But when you look at the, rece- the receivers from the 2022 class, you've got Caleb Douglas, who is that kind of X receiver type. You've got also at receiver... Uh, Ty Bowman, who is not the X receiver type, but he is he is kind of more like a, a Marcus Burke-ish type where it's like, yeah, he's not the big jump ball receiver, but, you know, he's 6'2", he's solidly athletic, and you got Ricky Pearsall, of course, in the slot. And you kind of look like Billy Napier brought in three receivers, and they're kind of like Caleb Douglas is more of a stereotypical X, but they're also kind of all fluid. Like Caleb Douglas is a stereotypical X receiver, but he's also been saying, he's like, I'm going to learn how to play every receiver spot available. He's been saying that since before he stepped foot on the field in Florida. So I think that you're going to see Billy Napier kind of take this offense and say, we're going to be less of that, that uh, I guess we'll say old school style of you need to have an X receiver there. You need to have your slot needs to fit into this box. Your X needs to fit into this box. And you're just going to see, well, we have a group of completely versatile receivers who can line up at any spot and get the job done almost seamlessly. And I think that's what you're going to see this coaching staff kind of shift to. So maybe you have to focus less on, well, with Xavier Henderson, he was supposed to play the X. And so now you have to have Caleb Douglas there and you could put Marcus Burke at the other spot. And I think that you're looking more at, well, who are the three best receivers that can kind of just play all over the place and get the job done there. If you are looking for a boundary, not exclusive, but mostly boundary uh, receiver, and you're looking at the transfer portal, 
for me, number one guy I'm looking for hit the portal on Sunday night, I believe it was, from Colorado, Montana, Lemonius Craig. Um, Awesome spring game, but obviously I don't care about what he did in the spring game. Um, I don't care about what he did in spring ball because uh, Lamonius Craig is someone who we we have tape on. Like, he's not a freshman. I, I, I love that there's a lot of people on Twitter that are like, oh, this guy's going to be good for years. Uh, I believe he's got two years of eligibility left, so he's not going to be a great college receiver for years unless by four years you mean two years, then maybe. But Montana Lamonius Craig, we'll see if he stays West Coast. He's a California kid, so not sure if he'd be willing to like relocate completely across to Florida, especially if it's like, well, what if USC wants him? He's a California kid, and he's a receiver, and, and so there's that. But, you know, dog, dog, spring, yes. Great spring game, yes. But when you watch the tape from last year, Colorado was not a good football team last year. Everybody knows that. But when you watch Montana Lamonius Craig, you watch a guy who got targeted way more often than I think any Florida Gators receiver was while covered, um, which I'm going to check on that right now while I'm talking. But Montana Lamonius Craig was targeted 12 times uh, on contested catches. He caught eight of them. Florida last year had actually two receivers get targeted 12 times on contested catches. Justin Shorter, who caught six of them, and Ricky Pearsall, who caught four of them. So you've got, uh, and also, just fun fact, Dejon Reynolds, uh, three contested catch targets, three contested catches. Ty Bowman, one contested catch target, one contested catch. Um, but Montana Lamoni is great. Like I said, targeted 12 times on contested catches, came down with eight of them, 66.7%. You talk about a 50-50 ball, he turns them into 66.7 to 33.3% balls. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. I do think Florida should take a swing at him. I think that you've got a potential immediate starting outside corner or outside receiver that could legitimately just go, hey, you know what, I'm going to line up and, yeah, I'm, I'm going to win this jump ball way more often than I'm not. So I think Florida, if you're committed to finding a receiver in the portal – I think he's got to be the first one that you look at. 6'2", 185. Let, let, him, let him stack and attack and just let him go about it. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. Because, man, it's it's a fun time. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.